You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code GATORS to double your first deposit. Only at mybookie.ag. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Visit sharkfloorcoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you with the 42-20 Georgia victory over Florida. Game review analysis, reaction. Never like losing to Georgia. Even though somewhat expected, of course, even pretty much how I expected. So we'll get into that a bit here. But 42 to 20, Georgia over Florida in Jacksonville. And the, hey, look, I mean, atmosphere before the game, it felt like a Florida Georgia game. <laughs> it's, uh, I had some TV hits to do that morning, getting everybody uh, ready for the game here in the Jacksonville area. And right there in the fairgrounds, like I am pretty much every year there. And that felt normal. The tailgating with Harmonic Woods uh, felt normal in the uh, in the junkyard, the Wild West there with the RVs and the bus. Uh, you know, before the game, it felt like Florida, Georgia, get the stadium. Probably a 60-40 Georgia split somewhere around there. Definitely more Georgia fans in that stadium uh, and around in the Florida section as well. Uh, there were my wife and my parents. Uh, I got to go as a fan. So besides the game itself, had a great time. Uh, but of course, we're all there for the game. That didn't go uh, like we wanted it to. Uh, but uh, a lot of ways, I expected it to. Go back to the preview episode last week. I had Georgia. 41, Florida 20. The final score, 42-20 Georgia. I was a point off. And the fan in me, of course, is disappointed. Absolutely. I don't like losing to Georgia. I hate losing to Georgia. I hate losing another game. Florida's sitting up 4-4 four and four right now. That's, that's, that's not great. That's not good. Um, the analyst in analyzing this side, you know, the, the analyzing side of this, 
how how can I be upset at what I expected? We know what Georgia is. We know what Florida is. We know what they were coming into the game. That's why I picked 41-20, and look, it was 42-20. The game played out about like I thought it would. How can I be upset from the from analyzing the game, you know, separating that from the fan side? I, I, it was what I expected. I, so, uh, yes, I can be upset in some ways from the fan side, but analyzing the game, I, I can't be. It's, it, it played out like I thought it would. The inconsistency in Florida's offense, we know Florida's not very good on defense, and it played out that way. Uh, so we'll get into it right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. You may not like the result, but you can still like the work we're doing here at Gators Breakdown. Give that thumbs up, a push, hit that like button, get those likes up right here on Gators Breakdown. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet. Uh, of course, plenty of coverage at newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown of the game uh, from many angles there uh, with the game being here in Jacksonville. gets covered even more, uh, of course. And then Gators Breakdown Plus, man, I, I spent a lot of time in the stadium on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord in the game. Uh, and, of course, a lot of emotion. Uh, the last few days, of course, dating back to last Thursday uh, and disappointing with recruiting and now Florida, uh, Georgia at the same time. Uh, so a lot going on on that side, a lot of uh, passionate Gator talk right there in the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. Uh, we're working through it. It's uh, We cathartic. We try and talk ourselves out of what's going on uh, a bit, console each other uh, a good bit for the most part right there on Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description to sign up to get all the extra episodes and access to that Discord server so you can interact even more with Gator Nation out there. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, Going to quickly kind of just go through the game. Of course, that was something I, I've kind of just wanted to start doing, and I, I've done that now, kind of just quick notes of each drive. Uh, there for, for, for Florida and the opponent. So, of course, with this one, Georgia gets ball first. Uh, Florida won the toss. And you finally get, you, you finally got the stop. You, you get the stop on the first drive of the game. Uh, Georgia was facing a second and 18. They converted that. Uh, and then Rashad Torrance drops an easy, easy interception. Uh, but they get the third and eight and... There you go. Uh, we've, we've wondered about third down defense for this Gator defense. And very first drive, you force a punt. So, all right, job one, job done. The Gator offense needed to respond, put some pressure on Georgia, and three and out. And that would be a common theme for the first half of the game. Uh, and then Georgia gets it rolling, second drive. Florida played some really soft defense. Uh, you know, And I meant that maybe, uh, I won't necessarily say effort. I, I won't say that. That uh, as I've always said that is very hard to measure, but the approach was soft. Uh, so that second drive, you know, they failed to tackle well after the catch. Georgia a lot of yards after the catch. Something I'm going to have to go back and look at. I wasn't able in, with, with everything going on. Family in town, friends in town. To, uh, I got a lot of good stats here <laughs> for, uh, but yards after the catch is something I want to go look for. Uh, for Georgia in this one as we analyze the game even more. Uh, but, of course, you, you, you saw you don't even need the stat number, really. We all know uh, and saw how Georgia was able to just rack up yards after the catch. Uh, and th that was very apparent in the second drive of the game. Saw performance on that drive from the Gator defense. Gives Georgia 17, uh, 7 nothing lead. Uh, and then, of course, Florida gets ball back, and you had a third and 16 after a penalty. Uh, you know, Florida... 
wasn't helping themselves early on in this game. The penalties uh, that led to another three and out after that was set up for third and 16. Um, offense can't get anything down the field whatsoever early on in this game. And then Georgia's third drive, another easy drive for them, once set up uh, once, uh, once again set up by yards after the catch. Uh, and some tough running. Uh, Georgia got the run game going uh, right there as well. 14-0 Georgia. Gedry gets the ball back. Another three and out. AR high pass on third down to shorter. Um, very so you like to be see your quarterback be more consistent there. We'll get into that as well, but that's where you could tell there were some plays there to be made. But inconsistency, like we've said all year, leading up to this game as well. Um, if you're an inconsistent offense going against one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the country, that's probably going to continue. Uh, but then the Gator defense steps up. Jadarius Perkins, interception. Great wrestling it away from the Georgia receiver, giving Florida the ball, but then another. Three and out for the Gator offense. Uh, Georgia gets the sack, intentional grounding uh, there on first down. Had a third and seven, but another penalty on uh, Iguacan. Third and 12, pass falls incomplete. Georgia declines holding on that play as well by Guacan as well. He had a rough go of it early on in this game, but look, the offense had a rough go of it, uh, of course. In the offensive line up front, it was pretty apparent this was going to be the most pressure uh, Anthony Richardson had faced from a defensive front all season long. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then the unfortunate uh, happens. Amari Bernie in great position to make a play. Tips the ball. Instead of going to the ground, it gets juggled by Bowers there for Georgia, the tight end. 21-0 Georgia after that. Just unfortunate play. Uh, You you have a guy in position. um, Makes a play, but so does Georgia at the same time. 21-0 Georgia route. Kind of on, maybe. But, man. Uh, you just in in position there. This skater defense did some good things, even though the stats will not show it. Still a still a bad performance. I'm not excusing that, but there were some bright spots with getting Georgia off the field, getting some turnovers. But after 21 nothing, Florida gets the ball back, finally get their first first down early in the second quarter. Um, but this is where. AR misses a wide open Marcus Burke, at least for a big gain, if not a touchdown. Run on third and 12, sets up fourth and 11. Uh, for But the Gators do, do get on the board there. 21 3, Georgia. And then a Georgia drop. Cox, um, McClellan, and Cox get in the backfield on third and one. Uh, but Georgia gets fourth and one anyway. But Really good play by McClellan there, the true freshman early in this game. Sets up third and one. Georgia gets fourth and one anyway. Later converted a third and one. Third and ten falls incomplete. And then here we go. There's 208 left in the first half. And Florida did not come out aggressive whatsoever when you look at that. And that drive. Where was that at? That 
started on their own 16. So you maybe get a little conservative or get why the conservative play there, but down 21 to three, and it led to Georgia score anyway. Even playing that conservative, not converting anything, you know, gave Georgia, Georgia calls a timeout, gets the ball back, they score a touchdown on the next drive. But Henderson bobbled the carry on the first play. It was a, a, a little kind of motion reverse with him. Then another small – second 14, Florida runs the ball after losing yardage on that first down. Conservative play calling with a chance to maybe close the score 21-3 or at least take some time off the clock for Georgia not to go put some points on the board before halftime. You know, AR goes out of bounds on third down. Just a terrible approach to players and coaches right there. To me, I think. That's where I'm going with that. I'll get into it a bit, too. I'm not sure how much trust is there, especially against that defense on your own 16-yard line. But, man, just coming out with that you know, reverse to Henderson and then running again on second and 14, I know that's more than likely where a lot of people go after a first down loss. But Florida needed something there, whether that is eating more time off the clock or eventually scoring on that drive. It was a rough first half for the Gator offense. I mean, no, no doubt about that. So UGA, they start near midfield after a bad punt. That compounded the issue. And then you get the phantom defensive pass interference call on Jason Marshall that clearly was not defensive pass interference, was offensive pass interference. And that third and 10, and that led to another Georgia touchdown, 28-3 going into halftime, and you, you feel it. Okay, well, man, this is maybe maybe even worse than you expect. 12 plays on four drives for the Gator offense in the first half. It's 28-3. Georgia has a 346-88 to yard advantage in the first half. After halftime, Florida comes out. Anthony Richardson can't hit downfield uh, after uh, the, this first drive after halftime. Uh, but has some short throws, run for first downs. Third and nine quarterback run goes for five. Um, you could tell, and I'll get into it a bit, some of these third and longs. We're trying to set up fourth and shorts. Didn't work out a lot of the time. Uh, but fourth and four, Florida ends up calling a timeout. And then Georgia does, okay, they ignore the whistle, hit Anthony Richardson, flag rightfully called. Uh, one of the few flags that actually went Florida's way in this game. Don't get me wrong, not making an excuse. Ref, do not mean anything in the result of this game. But we can also say separately, at the same time, the calls were very one-sided in this game. But did it make a difference? No, that is not an excuse, not what I'm trying to say. But, of course, it was not called down the line this game. Anyway, it sets up first down for Florida after the penalty. Um, driving, AR misses Anthony, uh, Anthony Richardson, misses Keon Zipper in the end zone, but the ETN run goes to outside on third and seven. Two plays later, Florida scores the first touchdown of the game. First drive after halftime, 28-10. to 10. Uh, And what have we seen so many times from this Gator team? A third-quarter debacle on both sides of the ball. That didn't happen here. That did not happen in this game. Florida gets a fumble on the very first drive of the, uh, for Georgia in the second half. How many times have we seen opponents come out of halftime, run the ball, and run it right down Florida's throat? That ends up happening. Don't get me wrong. We know that. But if we're looking for anything to point to, especially on defense, 
where we have seen third quarter be so bad, they turned it on. Both sides of the ball turned it on here. Get a fumble on Georgia's first drive, leads to 28-13. to uh, You had to set up for a field goal, and that, that was at my point that I realized there was not – and I'll explain a little bit more. I don't want to make too much of it, and I'll go into deeper detail once we get through the game review here. But not a lot of trust in your quarterback versus this Georgia defense. I'll leave it at that for now, and I'll go into detail later. Let's just get through this part, and then I'll, I'll promise I'll hop back on that. Um, and then set a four-field goal, 28-13. Georgia gets the ball back, and Mari Bernie comes up with an interception, making plays. Was Amari Bernie all over the field versus Georgia? Uh, Rashad Torrance called for unnecessary roughness right there. But at that point, as I mentioned, you come out of the third quarter. Both sides of the ball, and especially for this defense where it's not looking good. You know, it's 28-3. Not looking good for either side of the ball. But coming out, man, this team does not give up. This team does not quit. We've seen it almost every game this season. There's been multiple times when they could fold it up. They've been down. They've been down multiple scores, and they find a way to get back in the game. There is a lot of trust, a lot of uh, plainly and simply a lot of care there. You know, I hate questioning effort. I, I, I really do. You can't measure it. You go by optics on that. But we have seen plenty of times this year this team does not quit. Florida gets back in this game. Lingard actually gets in. You know, We haven't seen Naquan Wright, but Lingard gets in. We've seen Trevor Etienne. We've seen Montreal Johnson in this game. But Lorenzo Lingard gets in the game, has a carry early. But, man, biggest play of the game. Here we go. Busted coverage, tight end. Anthony Richardson finds Xavier Henderson 78 yards. It is 28-20 Georgia. Florida side's finally going crazy in the game. Uh, And that's a new career passing long for Anthony Richardson and a career receiving long for Xavier Henderson. 78-yard touchdown. It is 28-20. And that would be it for the Gator offense and its scoring. Georgia responds, you know, they're not turning the ball over now. They respond, run it down Florida's throat. They had rushes of 11 yards, 20 yards, 8 yards, 22 yards, and extend the lead 35 to 20. Man, you just credit for the defense of getting those turnovers. They needed those turnovers. Uh, They've been pretty good at creating turnovers this year. We'll get into that a little bit. But that's what was going to – that was what it was going to take to get in this game, to stay in this game, to have a chance. When they didn't create the turnovers in the second half, it was Georgia scoring the ball. Scoring points to win the game. So they were turning the ball over, coming out of halftime. One drive they don't. Florida brings it within 28-20, and Georgia responds. Next play for Florida, or next drive for Florida, you had – Anthony Richardson with a nice big play to hit shorter for 20 yards. Uh, then he had a pass interference called on Georgia that just got flag got picked up. Florida goes for it, fourth down, no good. And then next drive, you had Georgia on fourth and fourth and seven. Um, and trading a pretty good game up to this point in the game. Even on this drive, had some nice plays on this drive, uh, but he's in coverage. Brenton Cox uh, jumps off sides, I believe. Georgia takes a shot. Trey Dean doesn't get his head around. A couple plays later, 42-20 with another Georgia touchdown right there. 
and that would pretty much do it. Florida ends up with a desperation fourth and 11 uh, in the Georgia red zone later. Uh, wouldn't have amounted to much there, uh, but there was pretty much your game as Georgia wins 42 to 20. Man, that third quarter, I'm telling you, it, 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 it finally, you know, when you go to games, it, well, never mind. If you're just a fan of, of your team, you'll want to feel like you have a chance at some point in the game, you know, after the kickoff. And, you know, you, especially if you go to the game, you want to have a good time in the stadium. And especially if, if you're on the Florida side and there's a ton of Georgia fans around you. I mean, there, there were pockets where there were plenty of Georgia fans around the Gator fans and they were having all the fun, all the fun in the first half. And at least the Gator fans. If you're in the stadium at home, at least you got to get a good feeling. Don't get me wrong. There's no moral victory. That's not what I'm sitting at here. Uh, but you know, being there, you want to have something to cheer for uh, there. feel like you have a chance. And it was there you know, in the third quarter. But Georgia eventually too much pulls away, wins 42-20 over the Gators. Gators fall to 4-4 four four on the season. Georgia still undefeated. As we all head into the last month of the college football season. So we'll take a look at some stats coming up here. But before we do, the NFL is in full swing. College football is heading into the last month. World Series is competitive as it gets off to a start. There's so much action over at my bookie. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime and anywhere. Bet on the NFL, the World Series, college football, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now. Make your winning move today. Sign up at MyBookie, use promo code GATERS, and claim your deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code GATERS to claim your bonus. Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, Shark Coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, smells like pee, Shark Coatings can transform that too. Shark Coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and Shark Coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. All right, let's get to... Uh, stats aren't going to be pretty, of course, but part of the uh, part of the review as uh, well. You know, we'll get there. <sighs> Let's see. I gotta see how I can do this. I didn't save them the right way. Uh, let's see. What background can I put behind this one? Got to see if I can. Let me 
may just have to put them over my face. It'll be fine. We'll fix it next episode. Uh, but there we go. 371 yards for 555. For Georgia, that big edge there that they had. That's, that's a record in this game, by the way. Um, I'll get into that. Let me see. I think I have that ready to go. Yeah, 42 points, 555 yards of total offense, most ever against Florida in a series. It dates back to 1904. So, you know, not great there. Let's see. Let me get where I can see this better. All right, passing yards... 316 for Georgia, 271 for Florida. Rushing yards, 239 for Georgia, 100 for the Gators. Penalties, as I said, was a, were a big issue up front uh, early in the game for Florida. Rushing yards there. Um, now, penalties, I mean, 7 for 53 for Florida, 4 for 40 for Georgia. First downs, 27-16 edge to Georgia. Third downs, 4-16 for Florida. Pretty much the story of the Gator offense right there. Uh, and then 6 of 12 for Georgia, 50%. Uh, of course, better, a little better for Florida's defense than what we've seen lately. But still, for Georgia to get in 2 of 3 on the fourth down, kind of make up for it a bit. Florida 0 for 3 on fourth down. Some of that's set up by some fourth and longs because of some third and long play calling, I think. Total plays, 78 for Georgia, 71 for Florida. Average yards per play, 7.1 for Georgia, 5.2 for the Gators. Average yards per completion, of course, Florida had the one big play. That helps here. 16.6 for Georgia, 15.1 for the Gators. Average yards per rush, I mean, here you go. You know, Florida, one big storyline. I'll get into the stats more, but Florida's average yards per rush being the nation's best did not play out this game. And that was a big worry of mine. But Georgia, the team, comes in with this game or leaves this game with the ones getting up to six point or to six yards of rush. Red zone, another story here. Four for four for the Bulldogs. They've been a really good red zone team this year. That continued versus Florida. Florida 50%, two for four. Time of possession, 31-17 edge for Georgia. 28-43 for the Gators. Turnovers kept Florida in it in the third quarter, of course. Three turnovers for Georgia. Said last week, you can't predict turnovers, and if Florida wasn't going to win in a shootout, which they did not here, um, the only other way was to be getting turnovers. And almost bled those two together. And Georgia with three sacks, once again, Gator defense can just not get a consistent pressure whatsoever on the quarterback. No sacks for the Gator defense. So gotta find some. I mean, that's a defense, and I saw I saw in the comments too. Um, play did, stats won't show it just because of how bad this defense is. But and especially who you're going against, one probably the second best offense Florida will face this season. Did show some good things, in some ways one of the better performances because of who you were going against and how good the Georgia offense is. All right, let's look at Florida in particular stats here. Anthony Richardson, 18-37, 271, one touchdown. 
49% completion percentage. I'll go deeper here with some thoughts there. Xavier Henderson, of course, five catches, 110 yards, one touchdown, 78-yard catch. Justin Shorter, three catches, 66 yards. Ricky Pearsall, three catches, 38. ETN, three catches, 20 yards, getting the running back involved a bit more in the passing game, three for 20. Uh, some of those checkdowns there, of course. Uh, Marcus Burt, one for 14. Should have had another one, of course, going through the game earlier. Montreal Johnson, one catch. Dante Sanders, one catch. And then Florida rushing. ETN, 11 carries. Montreal Johnson, 11 carries. Anthony Richardson, 11 carries. ETN leads the way, 53 yards, 4.8 yard average. Montreal Johnson, 11 carries, 24 yards, 2.2. Anthony Richardson, 11 with 19 yards, 1.7. As I mentioned, the yards per carry were going to have to be much better, especially where Florida was. Coming into this season or coming into this game, have been really good this season at yards per carry. But my worry was it would not show up versus Georgia, and it did not. Putting the game even more on Anthony Richardson's shoulders, and with the inconsistent play from him, which is kind of what I expected coming into this game. Here's what he is, and against this defense, I, th- I just thought that was going to continue. Can it get better as the season goes on with the, uh, the last month and some easier opponents? Absolutely. And it would need to. But I'm not sure why we, you know, I said this, that was what it was going to take for Florida to win this game. If the, the run game got shut down like I thought it would, the game would, be, would need to be put on Anthony Richardson's shoulders. And I just thought that was too much. And it played out about like I thought it would. And let's go to the other side. Georgia stat sheet right here. 19-38 for Stetson Bennett. 316, two touchdowns, 50% could. 50% completion percentage. He did have the two interceptions as well. So that's the thing. You know, statistic-wise, you see the yard. That was the biggest difference between him and Anthony Richardson. He has the, you know, the, the athletes to get the ball to and let them make plays. You heard me say yak and yards after the catch. That was something Georgia had a lot of. Sets have been it. Got the ball out, got it to his playmakers. They made balls. But, you know, the turnovers kept Florida in it. It was a turn. I mean, only 50% completion percentage, nothing, nothing great there. Um, but was able to hit the big passes as well, helping make up for some of those turnovers. Brock Bowers leads the way. No surprise. We knew these tight ends would be an issue for Florida, like they are against almost every other defense out there. But Brock Bowers has his best game in quite some time this season after getting off to a hot start of this season. But five catches, 154 yards. The longest 73, of course, a tipped Amari Bernie play. The one touchdown, 30.8 average. He was targeted nine times. McConkey four catches, 51 yards. Washington, three catches, 47 yards. Highlight the Georgia receiving core. Kenny McIntosh, one for minus five. We, you know, we did mention last week how much he is involved uh, in the passing game for Georgia. Only one catch this game, uh, five-yard loss. And then Georgia rushing, of course, huge, huge difference in this game. Edwards goes for 8.8 yards a carry, 12 attempts, 106 yards, two touchdowns. McIntosh, 16 attempts, 90 yards, 5.6 yards a carry. And Robinson goes for nine attempts, 35 yards, 3.9 a carry. So there's your look at the stats right there from Florida and Georgia. Not pretty on the Gator side, of course. 
And, you know, the, the, kind of just going back through the game a bit, some of the highlights and lowlights, <laughs> I guess should probably be said. Offense didn't help defense much in the first half. And, look, we all know Georgia was going to score in this game. Uh, that was no secret. That was my biggest worry in this game. Uh, and it's why I picked Florida would have to win in a shootout. But there were stops and there were turnovers. Offense couldn't get going, couldn't respond enough. And if the defense is going to be bad, the offense is going to need to take advantage when the defense does their job. In the beginning of this game, you got the you, you forced a punt. That was time to put some pressure on Georgia. Whatever pressure you could put on Georgia by responding and going up early. Go up seven nothing. Didn't happen, of course. You know, it just wasn't the best. In, in looking back at it and kind of setting expectations for myself in this game, you know, this wasn't, and I said it last week, this wasn't the best opponent for the formula to work, but it was there. It was there. You did get some stops, didn't capitalize on offense. You know, like I said, the Gators didn't get their first first down of the game to 11.25 less in the first half. You can't go three and out, three and out, three and out. Give Georgia credit. That was the worry. Their defense is that good. And if you're an inconsistent offense like Florida, pair, pair those two together, add them up, and you get a result like that. Now, here's a glass half full perspective in some way. Take it or leave it. Just wanted to throw it out there. Doesn't mean a whole lot. But even before Florida's last drive, the garbage drive, Florida had 331 yards of offense, most against Georgia this season for an opposing offense. Florida ends up with 371, and we're all sure Tennessee will probably pass that next week. (laughs) Um, If they don't, still no consolation prize here. I just wanted to point it out. There's a lot of talk and a lot of criticism about this offense. But, and yes, I'll admit too, there were plays there to be made. But what'd you expect against this defense? Even if Florida was able to fix some things in the bye week, was it really going to show up versus Georgia? I didn't think it would. But the question still remains: what would the what would the offense look like the next month of the season? And if you improved on anything and found anything in the bye week, you probably weren't going to see it versus Georgia. But we need to see it coming up. You know, loss still a loss, but you know Georgia's going to make almost every offense they play look worse than they really are. But just something I noticed there. You know, three thirty one even before that last drive. You know, it's not nothing. There's nothing right home about three seventy one versus you know, in total. Okay, not not many teams have gotten up around that range. We'll see if it means anything. I guess that's the point I'm going to. It will see if it means anything. So yards per carry, of course, something I pointed to last week. It was the biggest stat for me coming into this game by previewing the game. I didn't think it was going to hold up versus Georgia. You know, Florida was limited to 100 yards rushing attempts on 34, uh, 100 yards on 34 rushing attempts, 2.9 yards a carry. Florida entered the game 6.4. So 6.4 yards a carry, Florida ended with 2.9. When you look at the run game, extending it a bit more, Florida averaged 4.2 overall yards once adjusted for sacks. Um, And then for Anthony Richardson taking out the sacks, he had two scrambles in the first half for seven yards, nothing to write home about. And the second half did get more involved. Uh, Finally, some design runs, uh, official stats, 
showed four keepers for 18 yards, two scrambles for 23 yards. Uh, nothing, nothing noteworthy except for probably made Georgia account for him a bit more in the second half. It did open up the run game overall in the second half. Uh, Florida ran for 87 yards in the second half while only 13 in the first half. So did play a little better in the second half, especially in that third quarter. But Georgia's defense made third down tough for Florida. And that's one storyline of the game when you want to go look at coaching, play calling, all that from that angle. Florida had 16 third downs. Florida averaged third down and 10.1 yards to gain on first down. That's You're not going to win many like that. You're not going to win many battles. So on that, basically averaging third and 10, Florida ran six of those, mostly in the second half. Play calling was runs. Only gained a first down on two of those. And now look, some of it was trying to set up fourth down and shorter. But too many times those runs didn't really go anywhere. And that was kind of my worry this game. If you weren't going to be able to run the ball, what would that mean for Florida's offense? And it played out to mean third and long. And then Florida ran on third and long. And I do think Napier was trying to set up fourth and short. But it also lets me know, you know, at, at the same time that this game particular now, only, only this game, I don't think Napier fully trusted Anthony Richardson in this game versus this defense. I'm not trying to make it any more than that. Was trying to set up fourth down with mostly runs, trying to set up some fourth and shorts, but it, it kind of kept you in fourth and long. Because we've seen the aggressiveness before. We've seen the trust before. Maybe even to a fault. Go back to the Kentucky game. But then that same trust, that same aggressiveness, kept Florida in the Tennessee game. But I think versus this defense, and all the pressure that was coming from Georgia on the quarterback, I think Napier got conservative. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Right or wrong call? You're not, not sure how much you're doing against Georgia's defense anyway. But I get the angle of, I, look, personally, I, and I'll, I'll agree with you a lot of you, I, I wouldn't have ran that much on third and long. I, I wouldn't have. I got it. Probably not trusting your quarterback and trying to set up for, short, shorter uh, fourth down conversion plays, but it, it, it was not there. And kind of to extend that, I mean, talking about trust and all that, I mean, at the same time, Richardson did throw 37 times. And I think you know if he has to throw that much, then, of course, the completion percentage better be higher than 49%. Kept saying all week I thought the shootout was the best chance to win this game besides turnovers. And Florida had the chance for both scenarios in, in, in some ways. But the quarterback has to hit his throws if you're going to win in a shootout. And it, it wasn't there. 49%. Richardson was 11 of 15 on throws less than five yards. 
one of seven on throws five to 14 yards. Right there, I mean, five to 14 yards, a little intermediate range, one of seven. You've got to hit your throws. He was six to 16 on throws 15 plus yards. So in this game, I don't think Napier trusted his quarterback against that defense that can turn around a game in no time. I don't think he trusted the players and team around Anthony Richardson to protect him and help him on third down. I think that played a part into it, too. I don't think it was just Richardson. He was under pressure all day, more so than any other game this season. I think all that combined was a pretty conservative approach by Billy Napier. I get it. But I think once it was kind of set that Georgia was pretty much stuffing a lot of those third downs, they're pretty much stuffing the run. I mean, did Florida have some success in the third quarter? Sure. Overall, no. Once it was established, especially in the first half, that Georgia was not going to let Florida run on them, the approach may have to change a little bit. Florida never really got into those fourth and shorts. And many of it set up by way too many third and long runs. Other side of it, Georgia came in averaging 41.7 points a game and 526 yards of offense. As I mentioned, going back to earlier, Georgia 42 points, so they got their average in points. And then the 555 yards of offense was 30 more than their total in the season. And it was the most, once again, the most ever against a Florida team in a series that dates back to 1904. 555 yards. As I mentioned, this defense did some good things, forced some turnovers, forced some punts, dig it off the field more so than they have in the past. But stats show historically bad day still. And we knew the tight ends were going to be an issue, of course. Uh, and also, Georgia in the red zone. They went 4-for-4 four four in the red zone, as I mentioned earlier. Coming into the game, Georgia ranked second nationally. That's why I brought that, I brought that stat up, of course, uh, in the preview. They were second nationally in red zone. Georgia's now 46-47 of 47 in the red zone, 33 touchdowns, 13 field goals. So they were able to continue that versus this Gator defense. And, look, we've we heard, what, first month of the season, first month and a half of the season, oh, Ben, don't break defense. No, no, it's not. It's a bad defense. And there was no bending here. It was bending and breaking. Georgia got to the red zone. Georgia scored touchdowns in the red zone. Third down for Georgia. 50%, as I said, 6 of 12. Georgia averaged third and five. They were one of three on third and long. Some improvement? I don't know. I'm reaching here. <laughs> We've seen third and long against Missouri. We've seen third and long versus LSU the last two games. Georgia didn't have as much success there on that. Uh, had success everywhere else. One of three on third and long for Georgia's offense. That's nine-plus yards. Five of seven on third and short, and we've talked about up front, Florida's issues up front, ad nauseum, and that's it showed up a lot there uh, in Georgia's run game and these third and shorts. Um, five of seven, third and short, that's one to four yards. Uh, helping Georgia was averaging seven yards on first down. Seven yards. Helped set up a lot of those third and shorts where they go five of seven, but when you average seven yards on first down, it's going to make your day a whole lot easier. So averaging 4.8 yards a rush, gaining 156 yards through the air on first down was Georgia. 
4.8 yards a rush, 156 yards passing on first down. Florida had half those passing yards on first down. There's your, I mean, there's your difference. Georgia able to take advantage of a Gator defense on first down. Uh, looking at some of the defensive notes for Florida, just kind of going to try and point out some highlights here. Florida had zero turnovers, so there. That's, um, that's an improvement. Uh, three takeaways for the Gator defense. Two interceptions for the third time in eight games this season. USF, Missouri were the other two. Uh, three takeaways versus Georgia. Gators now have 14 takeaways on the season, including at least one in each game. Last season, Florida had just nine takeaways through the first eight games. Uh, two pass breakups versus Georgia. Trey Dean has broken up 19 passes. Six away from tying Janoris Jenkins for his career. Dean also tackled for loss, won quarterback hurry, made some plays. More so than we have seen so far this season. One of his best games of the season. Now, I have, so I, yes, I pointed it out on Twitter, and as soon as I did, of course, there's a play that goes right over his head. He doesn't turn around, but could still acknowledge that. I had too many people, oh, it doesn't erase what he did in this game, that game, his whole career. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You're right. It doesn't. But that's not what I was talking about. Against Georgia, trading had a good game. To Darius Perkins, shout out for him, man. Great effort on that interception. But Amari Bernie, all over the field, all over the stat sheet. One interception, one tackle for loss, one pass breakup, two quarterback hurries, one forced fumble that Trading picks up. Of course, that third quarter interception by him, he was in. So they say, even the Bowers touchdown, he's in position. He's in position here to make the interception. Good day by Amari Bernie as well. I know, uh, you know, career-wise, all that, I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I'll sp- speak about what happened versus Georgia, and that's what happened. Chris McClellan, as I mentioned, I want to shout out him too. That big, uh, big play behind the line of scrimmage there. So, all right, there we go. It's kind of the look back. At a Georgia 42-20 victory over the Gators. And kind of to wrap this one all up. Next four games will tell us much more about Napier than yesterday's Georgia game. Not breaking any news there, of course. I think a lot of us know that. But it was going to tell us a lot more than yesterday did when you're at such a talent disadvantage versus Georgia. We all saw the graphic out there about recruiting rankings during the, uh, during the game. The recruiting rankings between the two teams. Of course, we all know it. It's nothing new for this conversation. Next four games are winnable. And all the improvement we want to see as the season progresses. You need to see it in the next four games. You know, for all the comments out there of, you know, getting better through the season, progressing through the season, that really comes up the next four games. Against Georgia, no. No. 
you know, I can't get too upset at the game result when it's exactly what I expected. A less talented, inconsistent team going up against one of the best teams in the country. At the same time, the next four opponents don't have those advantages Georgia has. Only one more has the talent, Texas A&M. So for Florida, all the inconsistency issues, they'll still be there. But we need to see less. There could have been progress this bye week and versus Georgia, but that's not the best opponent for it to show up on film, on tape, to the eye test. It's just not. These next four are. And Florida must respond with teams that have had very similar seasons. Four games left going into the last month of the season against four opponents you can win against. In some ways, most of them should win against. We'll see how it all plays out. All right. That will do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Georgia 42, Florida 20. And trying to figure out the schedule for the rest of the week. Monday night being Halloween. Of course, I'm going to enjoy that with my daughter. I know many of you will be out there uh, enjoying Halloween as well with your family or friends. Um, Will, Miles, my co-host Will as well. Uh, So we're trying to figure out probably no episode Monday night. Uh, But we're trying to figure out maybe Monday during the day, maybe Tuesday. Still trying to figure all that out. So just be on the lookout on Twitter. I'll try to make an announcement on YouTube uh, as well with a post. Um, But uh, stay tuned for that. We'll we'll, we'll see where we go with that. Of course, Texas A&M Preview will be up later on in the week as well. So, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.